0: friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous where we talk about pop culture through the lens of race or gender and sometimes both. Mario Mello is back and today we are talking about a simple favor. If you understand the nuances and intersections of being a BIPOC woman, a woman identifying a woman in a male dominated industry and all the microaggressions that come with the daily existence and how media reinforces those stereotypes, but you still love pop culture. Then pop culture makes me jealous. Best friends club on Patreon is just for you. Join an incredible community of like-minded individuals who meet monthly to discuss a different topic in pop culture, access to bonus content, weekly lunchtime, hangout sessions, and discounts on merch. To learn more about how to become a part of the Best Friends Club, visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash become a member. There's a hyphen in between. Become a member. Become hyphen a hyphen member see you there a simple favor was originally published on march 21st 2017 written by darcy bell the major motion picture adaptation was released on september 14th 2018 and starred anna kendrick Blake lively and henry golding but before we dive in let's reintroduce you to my guest mario Mello. is a movie lover of all genres and often drops movie and television reviews on instagram Mario was here in season 2 and in season 3 where we discussed La La Land, The Family Stone and Easy A, all great conversations that if I remember to link them in our show notes you must listen to when you're done listening to this episode. Welcome back to the show Mario.
1: Hi Julia, nice to see you. Nice to be back. I love talking with you.
0: It feels like it's been ages since we've done a show together. Been, it has been. What the heck? We did. We
1: did a couple Instagram lives about the Emmys and stuff, but yeah. But yeah, we'll have that coming up in the next few months too. Is the yeah? Emmy coverage. I'm,
0: a, I'm excited about the Emmys. I'm excited about. Um, I'm actually really excited about Oscar season too. I can't Oscar wait to season. see what they're going to drop. Great. That's like the best time in December. It's like, what are you going to drop? Right. that we know you're <laughs> trying for an Oscar oh also there- sorry go ahead
1: I was going to say but there's already so many good movies right now too that I'm like how much more can they drop because I feel like the competition's already getting fierce
0: It's pretty packed. And also, when I was talking to Natalie the other day, she's like, maybe I'll go see the Gray Man in the movie theater. And I was like, I'm sorry. The Gray Man came to your movie theater? So then I I made a note in my head. I was like, I should look to see if they dropped it in New York and L.A. too. Probably if it made it to Dayton. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, well, what the shit are they trying to do? What are they trying to go for? Anyway, did you watch it? Special
1: effects. I'm like halfway done.
0: Okay. I can't wait. Yeah. I I am not I can't wait for your review, Mario. You need to hurry up.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, it's been a busy week. Work's, work is killing me lately. So. Yeah,
0: I hear that one.
1: <laughs> There's so much good content. It's like hard to keep up sometimes.
0: This so. is why somebody needs to sponsor us because we are so dedicated to informing our audiences about what they should and shouldn't be watching that real work, quote, air quotes, because our work is real. <laughs> yes. Corporate jobs get in the way. <laughs> yes. There I we feel go. It okay so i want to do re- a quick recap for our friends at home because not everyone's either seen the movie read the book or done both and we're going to be talking about both today because y'all know i love a book to screen adaptation conversation and at, if you've been here a while you know that i love to take these summaries from google because <laughs> they it's just so funny what google summaries think we want to know about movies or books yes. okay so here's the summary of the novel The novel centers on Stephanie, a mom blogger who seeks to uncover the truth behind her best friend Emily's sudden disappearance from their small town in Connecticut. Employing the unreliable narrator technique, the story is told through Stephanie, Emily, and Emily's husband, Sean. Okay, now for a summary of the film. Stephanie is a widowed single mother who works as a vlogger in Connecticut. Her best friend, Emily, seems to have it all. A successful career, a loving family, and a glamorous lifestyle. When Emily mysteriously disappears one day, Stephanie launches her own investigation by digging into her friend's past and finding a few surprises along the way. Sounds relatively... the
1: Surprises along the way.
0: Yeah, surprises. (laughs) Okay. At the time of its release, RogerEbert.com had this to say. It's insightful about the head games women can play with each other, but it doesn't burden itself with trying to be meaningful. It's not trying to say something about how we live now or anything like that. What a relief to watch a film unafraid of letting its hair down, end quote. Um, but before we dive into this conversation, Mario, I just need to know like do you what was your first like do you remember seeing rich or wealthy women on television when you were a kid? and like if you do, what was your first exposure? do you think?
1: Uh, it's hard to think of my first exposure. um I just remember i think it was is it dynasty dynasty? yes, yes, that's what it was. um whenever I p- remember like rich women, it was always they were like... They had the jewelry yeah. or the high heels, the giant necklaces. Like it was, I felt like it was always jewelry, flashy jewelry.
0: Uh-huh. they were rich.
1: Look um, at my, look at me dripping in diamonds. Right? So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of my take on it. Like, like that I can remember. Yeah. Um, recently, it's just, it's like powerful women, like whether they're like CEOs mm-hmm. or, um, you know, they're on boards or, you know, they've inherited money, like you know they kind of they they show off their wealth different ways i mean we have like um i think you mentioned it before it was big little lies yeah a majority of those women were rich and like they kind of just some more than others displayed it like hey i got money Mm -hmm. and then some of them i felt like they had money but they didn't like you know, flash it around, mm-hmm. and you know you knew they. I mean, you live in Monterey, so I yeah, mean, you know you have to have some kind of money. But yeah. at the same time, it was like they are very humble about it. Yeah. Too. So I, I, I feel like at least from my point of view, the narratives kind of changed a little bit to what mm-hmm. flashy women, flashy women were. And I mean, back then too, I feel like it was they were only rich because their husband was rich.
0: Yeah, like, back then, meaning dynasty like era.
1: Me. Yeah, exactly. It was like we married into rich, or. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's many stories like the lady was like you know dirt rags or she came from a poor family but mm-hmm. this, you know the rich guy found her and married her because she would submit or yeah the rags um, to riches there was some and... yeah some mm-hmm. kind of attraction and she inherited all the money yeah Whereas nowadays I feel like I mean there's still some like that like stories like that that I feel like Hollywood's still portraying but yeah. I think a majority of it is now women are making their own money and they're stepping up they're taking these jobs and Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes they make more than the husband which is cool yeah i'm all for that
0: yeah whoever's gonna make the most money i don't give a shit i just want somebody to pay half my bills right (laughs) (laughs) tired of these bills showing up every month damn it Mm -hmm. okay yeah i i I love that you bring up like the og dynasty because that i think so like that when they rebooted dynasty i was like (laughs) y'all i didn't even give it a chance is that terrible
1: (laughs) i think i watched like the one or two episodes just to try it out yeah yeah it's It's too soap opera for me
0: yeah i like soap opera
1: i don't mind soap opera yeah there's something about about
0: modern day soaps where you're just like i just feel like you guys i don't understand how this is supposed to work yeah (laughs) shall shall we watch erica (laughs) from days or young whatever she was on anyway all my children all my children that's the one
1: you know the reason I only got into suicide so no, I only got into soap operas because one of our theater classes I took theater in high school and she told us like if you ever want to get into acting get into soap operas because like they have it's, to act it's and it's good a different money. type of acting yeah too and so I started watching them and then I would actually get hooked because I'm like now I'm invested now I have yeah. to watch all this stuff
0: <laughs> yeah do you do you want to
1: admit which soap was your favorite <sighs> um so it was One Life to Live yes! And then... And then Days of Our Lives. Oh, my gosh. I'm... I'll still, like, I'll still, I don't watch Days of Our Lives anymore, really. Like, I would catch up on certain stories because there were some actors that I liked. So, yeah. like, whenever they came back, I would kind of watch their stories. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, like, hardcore. Like, I know every detail. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, One Life to Live. And um... and then, oh, my God. So, Passions. Oh, my God. Passions? I was going to
0: ask you if you watched <laughs> that Passions. That one I
1: actually watched religiously because it was just so far-fetched and so, like, different than all like... the other ones. Who wrote this? <laughs> like what is happening? <laughs> but it had a lot of horror, horror aspects too to it because yeah. of the witches and stuff, so I was like, I think I, that's why I gravitated toward that one too, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty soapy pleasure, but Yeah. I'm not um, afraid of it.
0: <laughs> my confession of soap operas is General Hospital.
1: Okay. Because I watched that too, yeah.
0: One of the Jacksons, which Jackson? What was his first name? Was Lucky
1: oh like, he was the was he the one from tuck everlasting yes yeah, oh i can't it's his last is Jon- is not jonathan jackson is That's it jonathan the other jackson guy. no that's that's uh dawson's creek
0: no that's joshua jackson <laughs> oh, Josh- is so maybe it's is is dawson's jackson. creek i'm gonna type maybe it, it into it imdb jonathan. right now and i loved him because what else was he in at that time that i was like because i was flipping through channels one day and i was like i know that face
1: yeah was, uh, what was he in he was in one of those i remember him being like an older brother and he was like the
0: kind of the, trashy t- older
1: brother the deep tuck end everlasting
0: of the, tuck everlasting deep, he, deep, deep into the
1: ocean that's deep, the one i'm the deep of. into
0: the ocean and then yes. also he did oh the deep into the ocean was probably his first he was on a couple episodes of boy meets world i don't remember that
1: probably like one of the boyfriends or
0: maybe yeah
1: schoolmates
0: yeah Wait, why isn't... Oh, yeah, there it is. General Hospital from 1993 to 2015. Is it Jonathan Jackson? What?
1: He was... Jonathan Jackson, right? That's his name?
0: Yeah. I'm so confused about 2015 because they replaced him, but I thought they replaced him sooner than 2015. Maybe he came back after
1: the new I think he came back. He came back for... Yeah, because I remember it was a big deal that he had come back.
0: Because I... Done i didn't it, like the lucky it. they replaced him with i was like and your face is back. too broad you're handsome but you're not lucky <laughs> <laughs> sorry I was a very sad teenager apparently <laughs> i'm just kidding okay let's get into it If you understand the nuances and intersections of being a BIPOC woman, a woman identifying a woman in a male dominated industry, and all the microaggressions that come with the daily existence and how media reinforces those stereotypes, but you still love pop culture, then Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous Best Friends Club on Patreon is just for you. Join an incredible community of like-minded individuals who meet monthly to discuss a different topic in pop culture, access to bonus content, weekly lunchtime hangout sessions, and discounts on merch. To learn more about how to become a part of the best friends club, visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash become a member. There's a hyphen in between become a member, become hyphen a hyphen member. See you there. we have merch. Visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash merch to purchase today. Some hoodies and t-shirts are the pop culture staples, but you don't want to miss out on our seasonal collections, whether it's specific to the show or a season. Catch those limited edition styles before they're gone. Visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash merch to shop and use promo code SHOPPOD to receive 15% off your first order. That's s-h-o-p-p-o-d be sure to tag us on social wearing your swag we're looking for advertising partners when you support the podcast you're supporting a woman-owned bipoc small business we're looking for other small business partners who want to get in front of an audience of like-minded folks looking to smash the patriarchy and make cultural change Email pop culture makes me jealous at gmail.com to get started. One of the quickest and easiest ways to support our show is by subscribing, rating, and reviewing our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Sharing with other users why you love this show and reasons to tune in is a simple kindness that will forever go appreciated by Team Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. I'm going to be honest, writing a review is the strongest move because when you write a review, it helps that pesky algorithm tell Apple this show is loved. Like, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for all your support, friend. Do you love to read? Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous hosts a monthly book club that reads books that have been adapted for the screen. We meet on the fourth Sunday of every month via Zoom. The book club is open to anyone, but Patreon pals can vote on our monthly read and have access to our replay. To sign up, hit the link in the show notes. Anna Kendrick plays Stephanie, the vlogger, and Blake Lively plays Emily. The two women couldn't be more different. One stays at home, the other is a professional. The Hollywood Reporter describes the pair like this, quote, the actresses make f- a fun, odd couple, Lively's casual hauteur bringing out Kendrick's well- honed screwball fidgetiness. Emily is amused by Stephanie and turned on by the power she has over her while Stephanie is just tickled. this rebellious goddess is giving her the time of day. We know the friendship is a sham, but we want to see more. end quote so let's talk about Emily and Stephanie. What are your impressions <laughs>
1: of them? It's like one of those it's like one of those car crashes that you can't. Hold yeah. You know, you you can't look away, but you know you should, but you're like, I wanna see how this plays out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh I (laughs) Because
0: Anna Kendrick like does this like like in every movie but pitch perfect. Yeah. She's like the she's like she's this character. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But this was like her first like major role other than pitch perfect. Yeah, I I believe, right? It It was more because she's always played like the pg pg-13 mm-hmm. so this was because it was R. it was like ooh, like big deal yeah sexy housewife now and it's you know but yeah <laughs> yeah but see i'm an anna kendrick fan too so it's like i love her little ditziness too i don't know <laughs> in any of in any of her stuff i'm just like yeah she i because i remember her from um scott pilgrim versus the world um <laughs> she was a <laughs> sister
0: Okay, thank
1: you. I was like, yeah, God, was for the amount
0: of times I've seen that movie, I was should re- be able to remember it better. And, and
1: you know what's funny is, I started watching Twilight the other day because it was uh-huh. on prime, and I was like, I'm gonna just start this because it's one of those just need something in the background. And yeah. I forgot, I always forget she's in it. She's, she's in what? She, she plays the friend, the best friend of Bella. Like when she gets there, oh and my! And she's gosh. in all four of them. And oh, I was my like, gosh. oh my gosh! Her roles are super small. I think the biggest role was the first one she was in okay the others but i was like oh my gosh she is so little in this movie Like,
0: yeah <laughs> how funny i haven't i don't i think the only things i've seen her hit, her in willingly is pitch perfect because i love that trilogy
1: <laughs> oh, okay that's a great trilogy
0: <laughs> it is a great trilogy when it's on tv i'm like yes right <laughs> thank you how did you know i needed this today um, Yep. but yeah so anna kendrick's
1: quirky little stephanie but it's like i feel like as a mom that would be her like mhm she, she would totally be like that like the prepared mom who has so much resources the crafty mom that like yeah oh a mom blogger yeah i could see so, her as a mom blogger
0: such so and it's <laughs> so like that's such a thing the mommy blogging world is massive so yeah. for like the this author Darcy Bell to sort of tap into that for one of her characters, I was like in 2017, I was like brilliant because that's exactly what's like everywhere
1: right now. <laughs> yeah, and then if you go to you go to the complete opposite of Blake Lively, which I was like, oh, she's so juicy in this role because like her earlier roles she would play like the damsel in distress or whatever. And, yeah, Um her more she's kind of evolved. And then I always forget she's married to Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. So it's yeah. Like, yeah. When she plays roles like this, I'm like, oh my gosh, they are perfect for each other. Because like, he plays some bizarre roles too. So it's like, yeah. So I'm like, man, she's so good. But I like her. I know people don't aren't a big fan of her sometimes, but I think I... in roles like this, like she's very, she plays that very like yeah, malicious lady that okay. you're like, you can't help but look. Or you want to be like like Anna Kendrick? You want yeah. to be friends with her, but you know it's bad for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still don't know how I feel about Blake Lively as an actress. Okay, because you know she's she's her family's Hollywood. Like her dad was cool. an actor too. Um, but the first thing I saw her in was Sister to the Traveling Pants, oh, yeah. and I was just like, I can't with this weepy blonde. <laughs> like I'm surrounded by weepy blondes. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's you know not it's not her fault, you know, that this And then she was that, a
1: brunette in Green Lantern, but we don't talk about that movie.
0: I was going to say <laughs> how dare you bring that up. Isn't that, I think that's how they <laughs> met
1: though too. I think that's how they mm-hmm.
0: met. Wasn't yeah, that is. Yeah. But,
1: and then I love her. I mean, she's great in The Shallows. I'm sure you didn't watch it because it's a yeah. shark shark no. movie, but she's no. amazing in that one because it's like a she has to act by herself cuz she's been mm-hmm. acting opposite a mm-hmm. shark.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and everything I've seen her in, outside of a simple favor, which let's be honest, is limited to Gossip Girl and Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <laughs> see, but she's
1: good at that role in Gossip Girl too. She plays the malicious.
0: But like. again, she's still a weepy blonde. <laughs> Where I'm just like, but she does oh really like, a really good
1: job. You hate her, girl. I can't with her. Like she's doing oh. her job.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fine. You can. I'll allow it but and there's such great contrasts stephanie yes. and emily like they have to be that different because in the book i know you didn't read the book and i and we talked about this in the book they are so foil like okay. it is such it is so cr- and stephanie stephanie in the movie is way more astute i guess mm. and like crime solvery cuz that's not how okay. it went down in the book and they definitely, like, <clears throat> turned Stephanie from the book into more of a I'm not so stupid. Because in the book, she's desperate for friendship. She's Got desperate you. for company. So Anna Kendrick, I think, encompassed that very well in this movie. But in the movie, she's smarter than that, right? Like, gotcha. she kind of catches on and, like, wait a minute. That's a red flag. What did you just yeah. say? Whereas in the book, she's just like, I'm just happy to be here, God.
1: Yeah so in the book does does it split the book up into like three different points of view
0: yeah okay i was wondering
1: because i i was reading like the synopsis of the book too and when you had reiterated it i was like i wonder if she like told the story from like three different points of view
0: she did Um, and and that plays really well into the unreliable narrator because one of the things that bothers me about the movie which I will have to hold on to until we get to the point where we actually talk about our opinions about the movie, but in the book, what was, well, it was, the book's okay. I, you know, the writing wasn't stellar. I mean, it's definitely a page turner. It's definitely like um, enjoyable, but it wasn't like, is it going to win any awards? Probably not, you know, like the writing is okay, but she does do the three different perspectives emily stephanie and sean Mm. and i and and but emily and but emily and sean don't really show up until like part two because it's in three parts oh okay um but you're with stephanie the whole time and she's like and she does do that she starts it hey moms you know this blog blah blah blah." um the book does give us more depth which i again we're going to talk about the movie in a little bit But I loved that because when I read the summary where it's like, oh, there's an, you know, it's an unreliable narrator technique. And I thought, oh, okay. And then she's, you know, blog entry after blog entry after blog entry. I'm like, what? When are we going to get to the point where, like, we don't trust her anymore? Mm. And And then when you flip it and switch it and start hearing it from Emily's perspective... It's like, okay. And then when she throws in Sean, so it's like she took three... It's like everyone has their own experience in a situation that happens and 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 you don't know what the truth is. That's Ooh. this book. Gotcha. Which, with the movie, I don't think that... Tra- I that, They didn't translate that to screen, I don't think.
1: Is, Sh- is Sean Asian? Do they talk about that? No. Like, is he Asian in the book?
0: Race is not mentioned at all. Okay. Um, And I just assumed... because they're freaking wealthy in the book like there's no mention of money trouble there's no mention like
1: so it's total opposite
0: it's total opposite and i forgot and for some reason in my mind i thought the movie i was like are they're wealthy in the movie too well because in my because the house that they live in all that you know drips of wealth but then you know blake lively um emma Emily's like, oh, we're in debt and all this stuff, and it's like, oh, interesting, because there's a lot that's different, which is fine, because you, you know, book to screen adaptations, you have to make it for a mass audience.
1: Yeah. But
0: there's, I kind of do wish that they had left the element of the unreliable narrator, because mm. that to me was more twisty turny mm-hmm. than than the movie was. Gotcha. But the, you know, the movie wasn't bad. I think Mario it's time we move into talking about the movie before yes. I give any more opinions because yes. then it's going to not make sense. <laughs> so the Spoiler new- alert. I know. <laughs> If you understand the nuances and intersections of being a BIPOC woman, a woman identifying a woman in a male dominated industry, and all the microaggressions that come with the daily existence and how media reinforces those stereotypes, but you still love pop culture, then pop culture makes me jealous. Best friends club on Patreon is just for you. Join an incredible community of like-minded individuals who meet monthly to discuss a different topic in pop culture, access to bonus content, weekly lunchtime hangout sessions, and discounts on merch. To learn more about how to become a part of the best friends club, visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash become a member. There's a hyphen in between become a member, become hyphen a hyphen member. See you there. We have merch. Visit popculture makes me jealous.com slash merch to purchase today. Some hoodies and t-shirts are the pop culture staples, but you don't want to miss out on our seasonal collections, whether it's specific to the show or a season. Catch those limited edition styles before they're gone. Visit popculture makes me slash merch to shop and use promo code SHOPPOD to receive 15% off your first order. That's s-h-o-p-p-o-d be sure to tag us on social wearing your swag we're looking for advertising partners when you support the podcast you're supporting a woman-owned bipoc small business we're looking for other small business partners who want to get in front of an audience of like-minded folks looking to smash the patriarchy and make cultural change Email popculturemakesmejealous at gmail.com to get started. One of the quickest and easiest ways to support our show is by subscribing, rating, and reviewing our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Sharing with other users why you love this show and reasons to tune in is a simple kindness that will forever go appreciated by Team Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. I'm going to be honest, writing a review is the strongest move because when you write a review, it helps that pesky algorithm tell Apple this show is loved. Like subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for all your support, friend. Do you love to read? Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous hosts a monthly book club that reads books that have been adapted for the screen. We meet on the fourth Sunday of every month via Zoom. The book club is open to anyone, but Patreon pals can vote on our monthly read and have access to our replay. To sign up, hit the link in the show notes. So the New York Times offered this review: "Quote, by far his—he's referring to the, the authors, referring to the director by saying his smartest move was to give Miss Kendrick and Miss Lively room to create a prickly." Im- Intimacy for their characters, a bond that's persuasive enough to push the story through its more forced moments. Even so, despite Mr. Fig and his two well-synchronized stars, a simple favor starts stalling out as the narrative faints and dodges increase. There are surprises, including a brief turn from Gene Smart. For the most part, though, the drawn-out payoff doesn't deliver on the story's setup or its character's juicy potential. End quote. In the Hollywood Reporter article I referenced earlier, they said this, quote, Feig works hard for the first 40 minutes or so to put his imprint on it all. An effort bolstered by Kendrick's reliability, excellent timing as a perky Connecticut helicopter mom who befriends Lively's gorgeous mean girl mom. Yet despite some giggles, the tongue-in-cheek tone and satirical targets feel tired. Something rotten in the state of suburban mommyhood themes have at this point been unpacked ad nauseum and dysfunction lurking beneath carefully curated lives, narratives, all but exhausted. Movies and TV series have gone there again and again from desperate housewives to big little lies, bad moms and far beyond end quote. So let's talk about this movie as a thriller suspense film, because that's, I think what kind of they going for. Yeah, I think that's what they were advertising it as and these reviews sort of lead me to believe that's what they understood it to be as well. So
1: mm-hmm. let's talk
0: about the movie overall. I know you're a thriller guy. I know you like all the scary shit. I don't really do <laughs> scary. <laughs> so let's talk about Did it. Did this movie
1: stress you out?
0: No, I I well, um I've seen it before. So this wasn't the first time I've seen it. But the first time I saw it, I figured out what was haf- what ha- what it's happened within like book. I hadn't read was the book. It? This is the first time I read oh. the book. Oh, okay. So, so I watched the movie Blind in the sense okay. of I hadn't read the book. So I figured out. I figured it out within ten minutes, and I was like, "Well, okay, we'll just keep
1: watching. Let's see what they do to confuse <laughs> us." <laughs> Got it. um So it's a very chic thriller, I guess you would say. Well, yeah, like, they're gorgeous. They're Paul Feig. I gotta say, he does a lot of like. Like, he he loves his his leading women, mm-hmm. I would say. Because, I mean, you look at, like, The Heat, you look at Spy, you look at yeah. Bridesmaids. I mean, even last Christmas, he likes Henry Golding, too, because he was in that one. But mm-hmm. um, he loves his lady leads, which I think is good, because, I mean, he plays off their strengths, I feel like. like Yeah. Um, even Ghostbusters, and that gets, I know that's a whole other story about the hate that gets. But, I mean, yeah. like, he has his leading ladies and he gives them good stuff to go with. And so I really liked, I like this one cause it was like, it was different, I guess, because of the chicness, like, yeah, you know, I very guess. almost like it's a very black comedy too. Cause it mm-hmm. is, com- it is very comical, but it's yeah. like at the same time, it's like a mystery thriller. And then, you know, with the, just even the way they're all dressed, like even Anna Kendrick before, like she becomes, you know, in, in intertwined with, uh, um, Emily like she's She's still very chic as well I yeah. feel like yeah. um, So I, I did like that That was one thing I did notice and liked about the movie Was like the fashion mm-hmm.
0: um, Yeah the fashion's Fantastic in this
1: movie Like Blake Lively in a jumpsuit Yeah <laughs> Her dress at she, the end was oh gorgeous. God, the housewife dress. I love Yes.
0: It. The suit that she wore. Oh my like there's so many things that like just costume wise. I was like, did you guys get nominated or acknowledged at all for costuming? Because this is stunning.
1: Yeah. And it's like the bright colors too. And it's not mm-hmm. like you know, so it's like it really pops. Yeah. Um I I like I said, I enjoyed it. I think it's a it's one of those like movies like it's kind of like a guilty pleasure like you don't want to admit that you like it yeah but you kind of like it like yeah (laughs) that's
0: how I feel (laughs) about anything Blake Lively's in (laughs)
1: because because like it's like one of those like trashy soap operas I guess you'd say Mm -hmm. it's like they have like you're like this would never happen or yeah you know I can't believe they went there but like it's like I mean we're we can go into the whole you know brother brother effort thing
0: so that's, a, okay, so that's a true plot point in the book. Is it? That's a real thing that actually happens in the book. So I, when they tied that in, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that they t- Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I was reading it, I was like, oh, I remember this from the book. Things that were left out of the movie, but maybe implied in the movie, it is explicitly clear in the book that her brother is, her fa- is the father daddy. of her child. It is explicitly clear. Half-brother, though, right? Half yeah, half-brother, half-brother. Half brother, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> And it's Dustin Milligan from uh, Schitt's Creek, which I was like, hey.
0: I know. I was like, oh, that little cutie. I love that yeah. guy. <laughs> oh, I'm really uncomfortable but with see, you right that now.
1: Was, that was like another, like, I didn't see that coming because I was like, oh, that's her secret. Like, like I knew she had something, like... They, there's a whole scene where they're like talking about secrets. I'm like, Yeah, yeah. I wonder what the secret is. Yeah. But I was like, I didn't I saw the I saw the, the sleeping together part coming because I was like, okay. But then I yeah. was like, Oh, she followed the kid, he followed the kid too. Mm-hmm. But, Cause it's just
0: oh. implied in the movie, right? Like yeah, it's quiet. Kind of,
1: it. Yeah, the yeah. the husband's like kind of saying, Is he even mine? And she's like, What are you talking about?
0: Yeah. So that whole cuts. scene, I don't remember that ha- that whole scene doesn't happen in the book. But this the husband is suspicious yeah but he doesn't like 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 that whole accident situation the accident really does happen they both do die but like they were on their way i think they were on their way in the movie to run an errand too but it it was just like i don't know it wasn't as nefarious as the movie made it out to be nefarious is the wrong word but it's the only one i can think of right now Which, which i thought was interesting so i thought it was an interesting choice for them to lead to imply it and not explicitly say it because it's it's a thing in the book yeah she goes into detail about her affection for her half-brother
1: mm. which, I'm song like, was...
0: which i'm like yeah. it's, i'm okay with you leaving that out of the movie like america yeah. can't handle that
1: right <laughs> But yeah so I mean just with the like the sultry secrets and like Mm -hmm. I mean like you you kind of you I mean we eventually kind of find out about Emily's backstory too which is very actually really sad too, like the way she was brought up but it's Mm -hmm. like so I don't know I, I, I enjoyed it I think it was a very little thriller but like I said I haven't read the book so I can't compare it and I'm sure
0: yeah but you've seen like thriller you've seen you wa- you actively watch intense I movies those, so, so, so because it's,
1: it's different I feel like because it's different because it has two strong leading ladies it's very different than in your typical thriller like I think this one will obviously it's probably gunging for the, the female the viewership from the female point of view kind of thing mm-hmm. which is cool because you want to you know meet your audience and you want to Get a mass, audience. So I feel like that's what. But
0: yeah, one of the things I, I was like, oh, I can't wait to tell Mario this. In the book, her name is Evelyn. Eve- is Emily? Oh, is it? Yeah, and the whole the whole way through, and her twin is Evelyn. That's it. No triplet. It's just the two of them. Evelyn does have a drug problem in the book,
1: and that's Eve- their name from child childhood. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. okay whereas here they change their names yeah
0: they're dripping with wealth so like okay so like sean's whole thing is like this is dumb we have like if she was doing this to get money i could have just asked for a raise we make plenty of money two million because in the book it's two million dollars not four. so so sean's like i could easily make that and two million dollars isn't gonna let us live in the lap of luxury that emily thinks it's going to let us live in and i was like this is an interesting change that they've just decided to make because i think emily getting it in her head to make it look like she's died by accident um for two million dollars adds to the unreliable narrator concept because it's like what about what is in your head that you think because your husband makes a ton of money cuz he works in banking.
1: Oh okay, so he's not a professor. He's not a professor. Or an author.
0: Yeah. He works in banking. Um flies back and forth all the time to the UK because mm-hmm. that's where he is originally from. He is British in the book. That's okay. true. I'm um he didn't he wasn't in England at the time of her death because of her mom because of his mom. I'm trying to remember now. I should have taken... This is literally all the notes I wrote. <laughs> I was like, $2 million insurance policy, but they clearly have wealth and their home likely costs that much.
1: <laughs> literally the only
0: note that I wrote from reading the book. <laughs> I didn't do a very good job this time. It's okay. But what's interesting, like I told you how they do the three
1: perspectives. The oh, the three perspectives.
0: Uh-huh. So, when you get into Emily's story, she's, you know, you get her backstory. And yes, her mom's got memory problems. And oh my God, Jean Smart was so good as her mom in the movie. Jean Smart.
1: Can we talk about Jean Smart? Yes. She's she's great. I just, I love her from everything. And then she does hacks. And then she was in uh, Mayor of East Town. I'm like, oh my gosh.
0: What can she do? She's so good. She's so talented. So, like, that part's accurate where, like, Stephanie. Stephanie goes to Michigan to see her mom, to see Emily's mom. But where the story in the book starts falling apart, Evelyn's missing a front tooth. And it turns out it's clear she's been missing a front tooth for a while. Mm. Um, and then the investigator. So you know what's interesting about oh, you know what's interesting, Mario? Hmm. The investigator and the healthcare worker. Are the only two people whose race is described in the book. Really? They're both described as African American.
1: Huh. That's interesting.
0: That is interesting. So are we left to assume that the rest of the characters are white? Because the author is
1: white? Maybe. Maybe. I mean this I mean this movie's pretty white too though. Yeah. Yeah. Besides like Henry Golding and the Investigator.
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, so, Emily, uh, okay, uh, friends, spoiler alert, sorry, you should know by now at this point, all we do is spoil shit. So it's if you four years read old, the, you should have watched it. <laughs> yes, and the book is also old, so at this point, sorry. Um, Emily kills the investigator of the insurance oh, really? policy. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Uh-huh. That is interesting. So she uh-huh. does, she murders more than one person.
0: Yes, and... As you get later on in the book you start she starts changing the story around why they were trying to get the policy paid out hmm. and so then they frame sean emily so here's what bothers me about the way the movie ends they turn on emily they murder emily or they get her arrested she's this fiendish crazy person who spent who thrives in jail yeah right in the book The book is super femme powerful in the sense that Emily starts changing her story. She does tell Stephanie, oh, he's abusive, blah, blah. That happens. So then Stephanie does go back into cahoots with Emily to frame Sean. Sean goes to his coworker and was like, hey, I was at this hotel last night. Here's what's happening in my house. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, my wife's not dead. I don't know what's happening. And he's like, mate, didn't you see the news? Stephanie goes on her blog to talk about how awful Sean's been, what he's done to Emily. Emily's not really dead in all of these things. And so his, his coworkers like, Hey, so, um, we've got some business for you to deal with in the UK. Can you go now? And so he leaves and never comes back.
1: And then Emily
0: and Stephanie are living in best friend bliss. Happily ever after. (laughs)
1: Do they make out in the book? Because they make out in the movie.
0: No, they didn't. Hmm. I think it's
1: interesting. (laughs) That is very interesting. That is totally different.
0: Right? And I feel like that, I I don't know. So I don't know how I feel about how the movie ends because it's like, this woman's psycho. She should be locked up. Like, that's how it felt to me after I read the book. (laughs) Gotcha. I don't know if I felt that way before I read
1: the book. And Stephanie just goes along with it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Stephanie in the book, such a dip. She irritated the crap out of me. She was just like that little puppy dog friend that wants to be real cool, but nobody likes. Yeah. That's Stephanie. (laughs) Poor thing. And she has, she doesn't worry about money. Her whole thing is like, we have life insurance money. It's fine. Like she never indicates that she ever is going to have to work again.
1: Yeah, they have kids in the book still, right? Like their yeah. kids are still. There. That's how they become friends, right? That's
0: how they meet. Yeah. Play date,
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Who gets the, the kid
1: at the end? Huh? Stephanie gets the kid at the end.
0: Yeah.
1: Stephanie and Emily.
0: Yeah.
1: They're, both they're, kids?
0: they're raising their kids in harmony. Wow. It's such a it like incom. It's just so interesting how the author was like here's you know how the authors and i said this already you know how you hear the story from four different people well here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna tell you (laughs) the story from four different people and you're gonna have to figure out what's the truth
1: dang that's crazy yeah it's interesting though Mm -hmm. as far as like that i mean i guess i wonder that always boggles my mind like when they do massive amount change from a book to a movie like
0: do you think that type of ending would sit with the amount of thriller, horror, scary, tense stuff you've seen, do you think that type of ending would have played well in a movie?
1: I don't know, because I mean it's already kind of a dark comedy. Like if you really think about it, it's kind of dark. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like as if they would have not if they would have killed Sean or something, then I could have seen people up an uproar because they got away with murder kind of thing mm-hmm. I mean obviously she still gets away with murder in the book with the yeah. investigator but I don't know I think it I, it would have been an interesting concept and I I could see it going that way because like I said the film's already kind of dark if you really mm-hmm. think about it so I could see it going there okay but uh, I think it's I think because Anna Kendrick is very is like one of those lovable girls like I don't think Paul Feige wanted to do that to her and like did
0: I say this man's last name wrong this entire time
1: what'd you call him I didn't even feig? know what you called him I said him. I think it's Paul Feige because Kevin Feige spells it the same way he just adds the e at the end and huh. it's pronounced Kevin Feige huh.
0: so I'm what wondering if it's
1: Paul Feige
0: um, I mean you probably are more correct than I am
1: tomato tomato
0: what yeah I'm okay saying. fair they know Go what ahead. we're talking about they understand <laughs> yeah okay go ahead so I'm, wondering
1: if, I'm, I'm wondering if he intentionally did that because he didn't want because anna kendrick's such a lovable character and mm-hmm. i think he wanted the audience to relate more to her than emily like yeah i don't, it's- think, the, I don't think the audience would have appreci- appreciated it that anna kendrick went along with that like it's very clear
0: from the yeah. bo- from the movie that you are on team Anna Kendrick.
1: Yeah. Now, I if it mean... was a different actress, maybe someone who's played the bad, kind of the bad role, bad guy mm-hmm. roles or whatever, maybe they could have got away with it. But because mm-hmm. I think it's Anna Kendrick, I think that's probably why they changed it maybe a little bit. Okay. she had some kind of influence on it.
0: Yeah, because at this point, she's she and Blake both are strong enough star power to sort of have a say in character development, I would think. Yeah i read that there was lots of behind the scenes drama because the two actresses were in competition with each other like in it more coming from anna kendrick than blake lively i don't know how true this gossip is i read it on the instagram doom um but it was like a whole thing for a while on on her stories about how like can confirm anna kendrick felt threatened and like you know they were treating blake lively better and like all this shit and i was like do we have to really have this conversation about putting two women against each other like do we really need to
1: do that i don't know i felt sometimes i feel like people do that on purpose to get clout for the movie and then you're like ooh, i want to see this chemistry and see if we can tell and you know that brings people in because i mean remember uh what was it uh Mr. And Mrs. Smith, the whole oh is Brad cheating on Jen with Angelina? Yeah, Jones? let's watch this movie to see what the chemistry was, and then yeah. everyone's like, oh yeah, he's definitely cheating on her, and <laughs> then it comes out like later on that he was cheating on her. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I I wonder if like publicity or somebody on the crew does that on per- like is paid to do something like that to kind of oh you want to see this movie because you want to see what was going on and see all that drama unfold on screen kind of thing too.
0: I would accept no. a very large paycheck to be that person. <laughs> See,
1: but I mean I feel like
0: <laughs> right like I I'm, I'm a storyteller. I feel like I could weave some really believable yeah. shit for the gossip to get people in <laughs> the theater to watch this film. Yeah. Or any film. Like all the gossip with um uh between ryan gosling and chris evans on the gray man like there's all yeah. kinds of stuff happening in the in the gossip columns about the two of them not liking each other and it's so interesting
1: what people will latch on to but i mean because it not happen to us i guess <laughs> and we just we feed off that and that's yeah. you know that's why entertainment You know, tonight and Access Hollywood—they're all popular shows, and people watch them because they want to know that gossip. Yeah.
0: Did you watch Entertainment Tonight when Mary Hart and John Tesh were hosts?
1: That was. (laughs) I knew you did. That was my jam. Me too. If I wasn't, so it was funny because we would have church on Wednesday nights, and usually. We did too. Wednesday nights was like I felt like the juiciest stories. Uh huh. So we, I would always make sure I put the tape in. And push record. Yeah. I could watch it when I got home or the next morning, so I didn't miss it. <laughs> yep
0: oh that makes me happy i'm glad i'm but not yeah, the only one
1: inter- entertainment tonight with mary Hart. yep so,
0: and then when john tash left i was like what does he think he's gonna do without entertainment yeah. tonight music career
1: <laughs> and then i went over to um access hollywood with oh my god i can't think of her name the blonde girl
0: nancy o'donnell
1: nancy o'donnell
0: was it o'donnell nancy i know nancy it was nancy Nan- i think it was nancy o'donnell yeah yeah i think you're right I think so. so it was
1: always, she was she was my next gal.
0: Yeah. And... Yeah. <laughs> Same. I was like, if I can't have a career in Hollywood, I'm gonna work on one of these shows. Right. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that didn't work out for me. <laughs> <laughs> Except next year we're gonna crash uh, Comic Con so we can go live from the red right? carpet.
1: <laughs> Just start interviewing people as they walk in, acting like we're press.
0: You're like, hey, <laughs> I know how to make press badges. I used to work in a press office. I know. There you go. It's not hard.
1: You <laughs> might get kicked out. But... <laughs> got a
0: laminator? Who cares?
1: <laughs> Nobody knows. We're interviewing them. We're getting their five minutes of fame.
0: Yep, exactly. <laughs> I just want to watch, go. S- go ahead.
1: And then watch one of the celebrities is going to unmask, and it's going to be like Jason Momoa or somebody who. When, remember? It was the last. I think it was the last Comic Con. So 2018, I think, or okay. 2017, when um, Batman v Superman came out, Henry Cavill was oh yeah up in Batman, yeah, and like surprised people. And I was yeah. like, what if we interview him, and it happens to be, you know,
0: right? He's so adorable. <laughs> I hate how mean people are to him on 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 the internet. It's so unnecessary. Yeah. Unless there's something about him that I don't know that everyone else knows,
1: <laughs> I heard he's kind of a diva, so I don't know. That could be
0: oh, interesting. Like he's very
1: hard to work with sometimes.
0: Do you think it's because he has anxiety?
1: I don't know, because I I heard that about the Mission Impossible too, because are the when he this last one he was in, uh-huh. and that's why they killed him off because like they're like we don't character. want to bring him back. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like him and Tom Cruise would fight for divaness you know
0: <laughs> well i mean you can't it's compete you like can, you you, can. you gotta it's fall in line with tom Cruise's agenda while you're riding that tc wave right. otherwise you're out
1: <laughs> yeah so i don't know
0: oh my but gosh. back to anna
1: kendrick and blake lively so i mean i could see i could see them having a little drama because i mean they're both come from different paths i mean mm-hmm. Blake lively's been in the game a lot longer so mm-hmm. she might just kind of expect it but i mean and then Anna Kendrick was on her way up. So I think maybe, I mean, I don't think it was as bad as they're probably presenting it as. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Cause you could
0: not like somebody.
1: But see, we'll still be professional. And
0: Yeah. Because you would never, based on the way that they interacted with each other, you, I would want, if I didn't pay attention to celebrity anything, I would not think that they didn't get along because their yeah. chemistry together in this film is really good i think really good it's believable because the way that blake the way that emily sort of teases stephanie about like all the things that she's obsessed with about parenting mario i was that i was the blake lively in every scenario because it's like oh we gotta do all these little perfect things It's like doing he's breathing right is he asking me for anything we're good you know and so so i totally got the whole like blake lively's mom style
1: mm.
0: um and anna kendrick's mom style was definitely the style that i was just like oh this these are the moms that are
1: helicopter parent trash. kind of thing mm-hmm.
0: yeah these are the moms that are thinking, I'm trash this is great let's do it doing? okay <laughs>
1: the one that's involved with everything and when you're not involved they look at you like why aren't you doing this
0: yeah it's like or let me sign you I, up for this yeah it's like <laughs> you know what i already volunteered for the out-of-town field trip that's my that's my bank for the day okay leave me alone (laughs) i took time off work to chaperone 10 children who aren't mine (laughs) anyway so i did i think i think their their dynamic was really good on screen there were some moments though where i was like is was henry golding the right choice like he's so good in crazy rich asians and he's so good in in and um Last Christmas, that was really hard for me to remember. <laughs> um And there were some scenes here where I was like, I just don't feel like he really did connect with Anna Kendrick in the way that we were supposed to believe he was connecting. Yeah,
1: I'm wondering because they came out the same year. They came out a month apart. Which two? Some, a Christian Rich Asians and Simple Favor. Mm. Like, so I'm obviously he shot them back to back. Yeah. So. I'm wondering if he shot Simple Favor first mm. and then it just came out after. I mean, that's possible. So, because, I mean, he wasn't a big star prior to then. So it's like Crazy Rich Asian put him on the map kind of thing. So I think yeah. I, I have, I mean, I don't know. I would have to like research to find out what got shot first. But, I mean, Simple Favor could have been like his, one of his first bigger movies. Yeah. So maybe he wasn't as professional as you or as well equipped maybe or yeah or comfortable cuz acting yeah.
0: on screen is so different than stage acting. Yeah. I don't know if he was a stage oh he was like a he did like TV hosting before I think before yeah. he started acting. I know that he was a host. Um which again is a completely different style of acting like yeah it's yeah. you but it's still a persona. I think a lot of people forget that. Like hosts aren't really who they are.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a persona cuz they have to i don't know whatever um so that's it, that would be interesting to find out what what shot first but his character in crazy rich asians like how it's i feel like it's not hard to play the perfect guy yeah because he's true. he's kind of the perfect guy yeah. with the exception of ill ill preparing his girlfriend for how awful everyone would be to her um,
1: <laughs> that's a whole other story
0: that's a whole other story can't wait for the season where we talk about (laughs) rom-coms can't believe we haven't done one yet with how obsessed i am with rom coms, um
1: little miss thinks her life is a rom-com
0: yeah i was like oh i love this one that's why there's a shirt in our merch shop that says i just want my life to be a buttoned up rom-com um because it's true love a good meet cute love a good meet cute oh hate this is why I hate (laughs) horror movies Mario because they take the meat cute and then they turn it into a terrifying event
1: did you did you ever finish fresh
0: yeah I finished fresh but I did a lot of this of like okay we're murdering (laughs) people (laughs) we're cutting people we're murdering people okay dialogue (laughs) for people who are listening not watching I did the fast forward button motion Because I was like, they're slaughtering, they're slaughtering, they're slaughtering.
1: We're gonna come up with a little chart with an arm that goes
0: left, right, goes way stressed, this way. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) but you know what? That freaking meat cute was so goddamn meat cute, perfect. That now I'm mad at that movie because you ruined, you ruined it. Now I can never meet an adorable, attractive, Sebastian intelligent Sebastian Stan type guy in the grocery store without worrying about being murdered later. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Fresh. <laughs> thank you. Poor Daisy oh. Edgar Jones. <laughs> she just wanted to be loved.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, man. It was but I good, feel that like... was a good movie, though. Go ahead. So I feel like, but I feel like Sean's role in the movie was... Go not as well written as it probably should i felt like he like took backstage probably mm. compared to the book i don't know i mean I can't yeah his book,
0: narration but. part in the book is shorter than the other two stephanie definitely gets the most airtime um in the book but his portion is crucial because he corroborates a lot of the stuff that emily says about their relationship Got it. and then he discredits her plan and that's the part that's kind of, I think, super crucial to the to the narrative. Um, and in the in the movie, he was kind of like, I don't know, I'm the husband. Like, why doesn't anybody include me in shit?
1: And like a you know down on his luck author as well, mm-hmm. a professor that only pays slightly the bills.
0: Yeah, which I thought that was an interesting choice because he's a very powerful, like banker guy in his company. Like his there's a the the statement that sticks out the most to me in the book was, I could have just asked for a raise and that would be the equivalent or something to that effect. And I was like,
1: (laughs) Is Emily still a fashion designer or whatever?
0: The the person she works for, the name is the same, and I'm trying to remember if it was fashion. I mean, her job is the same. Like she works as the director of because like in the movie she's the
1: she's the moneymaker.
0: Yeah. Mm Hmm.
1: So. That's an interesting narrative too to go with mm
0: -hmm. compared to the
1: book, from what it sounds like.
0: Exactly. So it's taking it it's taking away the fact that they're all very wealthy and putting them in, well, we just have power. Because Emily still has power because she spins the truth for a living. I mean I shouldn't say it that way. I also work in PR sometimes. Um, but you do. You sort of have to you release controlled information. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, how do we have these conversations with people? Well, how do we explain this? Um, you figure out how to tell that story so it doesn't, so it puts out fires or informs people properly, what have you. So I, I appreciated that they left her in a PR communications role because that is another element that's actually kind of crucial. Because her starting to change the story about why they chose to do this and what happened demonstrates that she's very good at sort of spinning it around and being like hey hey hey
1: i see what you're saying yeah so did you like the book better or the movie better or do you like like half and half
0: i think i can appreciate them each respectfully for the medium that they are yeah i do i'm never gonna stop wondering though if the ending of the book would play out well in a movie
1: it would would have been a nice like alternate ending to put on like the blu-ray and yeah because i because
0: does that does that mean that you think that we can't in our culture and society like because we know this shit happens not the you know fake death stuff but like you're accused of something oh and suddenly work's calling you out of town because you're not like you need to go away like that shit happens in real life so why couldn't we see it represented in pop culture Maybe they what
1: just I go. <laughs> they yeah. already went with the brother effort, so they're just like that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we can't put everything. But see, in- I feel like
1: that's a little more disturbing than them two getting away with murder. The brother or, stuff, yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. You know what's interesting, Mario? So I think that element of the book, I could be wrong. Sometimes I think I'm really smart and then I say shit and then I hear other people say shit and I'm just like, I'm (laughs) probably I gotta hide. I'm not I can't be in this corner. Um, I think that that whole part of the story was to show that even though Stephanie kind of is this dippy helicopter mom who sort of nobody really wants to be friends with. She's also got a couple of wires crossed, too, because Emily definitely has wires crossed. It's not as sinister as they make it out in the movie, but she definitely is not like like what you got to watch yourself around this girl because she will justify shoving heroin into your body um, Mm. and somehow explaining that it's your fault that you made her do that to you. And with Stephanie, I think that element shows that this is why they're perfectly paired to end up at the end, quote, winning the game. Because Stephanie also will cross lines that the average person may not necessarily cross. Got it. That's what I think.
1: Oh, that's a good point. I like that. Because, like,
0: what else would it be? Like, what else could you do to say, like, hey, this person is willing to cross lines that would be still on the same line as emily but not like murdering people
1: <laughs> yeah no i get you that makes sense no that does make sense a lot
0: okay i don't know I'm glad.
1: No, that's good i like it
0: <laughs> I'm, like, okay, I'm glad. it um you said you like to put put this on as background so where does this fall in your in your in your have you ever like have you reviewed this on your um on your feed yet before
1: or no because no? this was this was way back this was before i started the page
0: before I start,
1: yeah i started in 2021 on my page so so if you were to review it now i would say i would say it would be like a nice b movie oh okay maybe a b plus but i would say probably more b
0: okay Interesting. like it's not perfect
1: don't get me wrong it's not perfect but yeah i i still find a little guilty sultry thriller like entertaining Mm-hmm.
0: it's kind of like a is it does this does this count as a femme fatale kind of situation
1: kind of i could see that but i was thinking that too um because like i feel like there's part there's some really good parts in there like mm-hmm. some like really good dialogue mm-hmm. and stuff between them so it's like those parts i'm like i have to watch it so i like stop what i'm doing and watch it but yeah then like other parts i'm like oh i can just kind of do what my do what i'm doing and just have it on the background because i'm not missing much kind
0: of. yeah yeah
1: but but it's still enjoyable and i mean it's a great cast like i said i'm a big anna Kendrick fan and i think yeah. this was way different than what she's normally done so i, I praise her for that
0: yeah um
1: and then blake Lively's just i like her little malicious little femme patel thing has know? she
0: done anything recently uh, like
1: I don't think recently. I'm trying to remember. We both turned to our phones to Google her. <laughs> oh, right? Oh, she did the that spy thriller, the re- rhythm section.
0: Oh, did anybody even watch that movie? No,
1: that it came out during the pandemic, so I don't think anybody watched it. Yeah. But she has like... Seven other things in production right now. So that's but she's raising her but she's raising her kids right now. Yeah, but that's
0: not stopping Ryan Reynolds from you know making (laughs) movies like Free Guy, which I'm not mad
1: about. She's staying home with kids, and she's letting him go work.
0: Okay, well it's his turn. It's his turn. He needs to stay at home so she can go work. They were they
1: were at the Met Gala, you know. Oh, that's
0: that's true. Because wasn't she a co-host? She was one of the co-hosts,
1: right? No, she she was the one that the dress transferred. Yeah, no, but watched. I mean,
0: like, because you know how the Met Gala always has, like, people who are, like, the hosts of the party? Was she a host? I thought.
1: Oh, I don't know. I didn't get that far. I just watched people walking in and I'm like.
0: Yeah, because hey. they usually come first and they're like, hey, welcome to her. Did you think her dress reveal was that exciting? Was exciting? I felt it was, very. It was cool. I felt I, very I mean... underwhelmed.
1: See, I, I mean, I don't know if it was, like, her best dress, but I, I liked the the theatrical yeah yeah that's it. fair and like and just to see ryan reynolds face like yeah he's, he, he loves her like, i was gonna say the, like, he loves, loves her so it's like, much it's the cutest and then that gets me i'm just like oh yeah. they're so cute and yeah that and so i kind of take it all as a
0: yeah they are pretty adorable together it's stupid um mario should we start doing live coverage of the met gala <laughs> oh
1: my god just talk about who she's that she's what she's wearing
0: yeah. yeah no it doesn't fall in line with what we do i mean i could do that with somebody else but we, not for you let's just
1: sneak into the met gala like I know. oceans eight and yes just start randomly interviewing people and see if they
0: <laughs> if they get if we get caught We could find some couture to wear. No big deal. It's fine. If you understand the nuances and intersections of being a BIPOC woman, a woman identifying, a woman in a male-dominated industry, and all the microaggressions that come with the daily existence and how media reinforces those stereotypes, but you still love pop culture, then Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous Best Friends Club on Patreon is just for you. Join an incredible community of like-minded individuals who meet monthly to discuss a different topic in pop culture, access to bonus content, weekly lunchtime hangout sessions, and discounts on merch. To learn more about how to become a part of the best friends club, visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash become a member. There's a hyphen in between become a member, become hyphen a hyphen member. See you there. We have merch. Visit slash me merch to purchase today. Some hoodies and t-shirts are the pop culture staples, but you don't want to miss out on our seasonal collections whether it's specific to the show or a season. Catch those limited edition styles before they're gone. Visit popculturemakesmejealous.com/merch to shop and use promo code SHOPPOD to receive 15% off your first order. That's s-h-o-p-p-o-d be sure to tag us on social wearing your swag we're looking for advertising partners when you support the podcast you're supporting a woman-owned bipoc small business we're looking for other small business partners who want to get in front of an audience of like-minded folks looking to smash the patriarchy and make cultural change Email popculturemakesmejealous at gmail.com to get started. One of the quickest and easiest ways to support our show is by subscribing, rating, and reviewing our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Sharing with other users why you love this show and reasons to tune in is a simple kindness that will forever go appreciated by Team Pop Culture makes me jealous. I'm going to be honest. Writing a review is the strongest move because when you write a review, it helps that pesky algorithm tell Apple this show is loved. Like, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for all your support, friend. Do you love to read? Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous hosts a monthly book club that reads books that have been adapted for the screen. We meet on the fourth Sunday of every month via Zoom. The book club is open to anyone, but Patreon pals can vote on our monthly read and have access to our replay. To sign up, hit the link in the show notes. So I found a website called single, single Mother's Guide. I don't know if this website is credible. I don't know who funds it. I know nothing about it. But when I was researching um, like statistics, like financial statistics about single moms, th- this is what came up. So they offered a bunch of statistics about single moms. And in a report they did in like, I think 2020, they reported that single mother homes have a median income of forty nine thousand four. dollars 49214 dollars compared to the median income for married couples which is one thousand one hundred and one thousand five seventeen medium numbers are so funny to me because you know it's an average of everything so then you get this random ass number where you're just like nobody I was gonna makes say, I
1: feel like they make more than I do yeah yeah I'm a single man <laughs>
0: yeah um and so well, you're also in school though right True, that, make, yeah, that limits school, what yeah. you can do True. right now but it won't limit you later
1: hopefully
0: um yeah fingers crossed right here i am with a graduate degree that's gotten me nowhere (laughs) no i know it's fine um so even though stephanie clearly feels intimidated by the wealth of emily and her husband especially in the book like she really does feel that in the book um these two families still exceed what is considered the average in 2021 so it makes me wonder what kind of debt emily and sean had
1: I'm well, because so yeah, because they're still living the luxurious life
0: because like, she's driving like, a Porsche, he's driving a BMW, their house is easily millions of dollars, especially in today's market. Yeah, I need receipts. What is your debt, Emily and Sean? <laughs> Sean Townsend and Emily Nelson, I need to know what your debts are because, listen, if I made the kind of money that a director of PR would make at a firm like What's His Faces, I would probably be also in debt
1: because living extravagantly is very expensive. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, Um, even like, I mean, they were both making, I mean, he wasn't making as much money as her, but they were still making decent money.
0: So, I'm just thinking,
1: like, what. Because like, she was like, here's to
0: being house poor. So I know somebody who, I know a, a single woman who on her own qualified for a home loan for $800,000 on her own. So what is your income that that's your, what you qualify for Two, like, you know, so it's like between the two of them, if, and so we're talking Connecticut. So, you know, that's New York money that she's playing with. because she's commuting. I I just can't wrap my mind around it. If anybody who's listening is from the New York tri-state area, please (laughs) help us understand what kind of income did Emily have and how could they possibly be in debt
1: with just only that house? Because they never say why they're in debt. They just say Mm -hmm. in
0: debt. You know what else didn't make sense to me? Maybe his
1: book didn't sell very well, so they have all that back.
0: Oh, you know okay. what? If he got an advance. Okay. Yeah. We don't have, we don't need to go into that, but okay. I could see that. Um, you know what else kind of made me confused. So mm-hmm. when Stephanie moves in with Sean, mm-hmm. there's a picture of a realtor in front of her house with a for sale sign. Yeah. But, but then she moves back into the house when she realizes that she mm-hmm. believes Emily and that Sean's a liar. mm mm-hmm. So did they not sell the house?
1: Probably not. Because, I mean, selling the house could take, I mean, we're, we're made to assume this is only happening in a few days to weeks.
0: That's true.
1: So, like, I mean, a house could take, you sell the house within a couple of weeks, you still have to go through escrow, which is like 45 days. Okay. And then they, I mean, that gives time for both parties to pull out. So if Stephanie was like, never mind, I don't want to. Yeah. Know.
0: Okay so that's
1: believable to me
0: okay all right i'll i'll allow it (laughs) i'll allow it maybe um okay how do you think this movie contributes to the representation of wealth in america
1: (laughs) that people act rich when they're really not yeah
0: (laughs) let me just throw some (laughs) dollar bills at it y'all i don't have this kind of money but i'm gonna act like i do (laughs) I feel like so here's here's where I'm coming from with this question my memory of the movie when I watched it it had to have been shortly after the movie came out I probably watched it in secret because I didn't want anybody to know I was watching it because I had been so vocal about how annoying I found like lively and gossip at all. um and I just remember them being like kind of like like i walked away my recalled memory before re-watching it and reading the book was you know overprivileged sort of like playing into that narrative that wealthy people are actually garbage humans (laughs) and then i watched it this time and read the book this time and i'm thinking gosh like are you telling us that what money brings problems and like it's not all it's cracked up to be like what are you trying to tell us with this movie
1: I don't know. I think I mean, I also think that it's like, it's more realistic that women are making more than men, too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in some aspects, because there's I I work with some ladies that make more than their husbands because their husbands don't have degrees or they're just doing something because they love it. And it doesn't bring in the money they need, but their wives allow them to do that. So, I mean, I could see that happening. That, yeah. That's something, too, which is cool. You
0: know, I saw a TikTok, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, This woman claimed to be an economics student, so I have no way to verify. But she was saying that in her video that in today's climate, with the way inflation is, the minimum to survive is $60,000 a year. Annual salary. I can see that. And I was like, like,
1: live comfortably.
0: No, like minimum to like survive, not even live mm. comfortably. And so her thing was, is that the government hasn't adjusted what poverty levels are in like 50 years. So they're still operating in because how they adjust what, how do they determine the poverty um, income is based on cost of food. And there was another thing too. And so they haven't done a reevaluation. So the poverty numbers haven't really adjusted for what we're actually seeing happening in the economy. Mm. So now you have more people who maybe make, you know, one, a single person maybe makes, you know, $30,000 a year, but the line for poverty is like 19,000, but you're both like, so you're real poor and then you're like poor, because you still can't yeah, afford to survive on thirty thousand dollars a year, and even at fifty thousand, like after, especially in California, because we're so heavily taxed here. Which also, I'm okay with some days. <laughs> when I watch the news, I'm like, I'll stay. I don't like what's happening in that state. Um, when you think about it too, it's like, well, why aren't we adjusting those numbers then, so we can actually like get to a more equ- equitable income for everybody? Like, my son was telling me that to qualify for one of the grants for school, your income had to be $37,000. And I was like, for a single person who's raising kids, like, a single person alone, alone, no kids can live on $37,000 a year.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: that's not that's not a livable wage.
1: I remember working two jobs and barely making $30,000. uh huh and not qualifying for like Medi-Cal. I'm not yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm See, like living paycheck to paycheck.
0: Yeah. And not because you're it. bad. It's not, it has nothing to do with being bad with money. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's yeah. because everything is so flippant expensive, mm-hmm. especially when you're not living comfortably because there's other types of taxes that you're paying. Yeah, Like my, my friend and I, cause our kitchen's so small. And so cooking is kind of a pain in the ass after a 12 hour day. So my friend's like, oh, you pay the, you pay a poor tax then because you're getting takeaway all the time, which actually ends up being more expensive than your, than a grocery bill because you're not cooking every night. Plus you're ruining your health. And I was like, great bonus. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) But I didn't, I didn't even consider that. I was like, oh gosh, like, yeah, I guess that's kind of a sure it's interest. it's interesting i wish i cared more about economics though but i don't because i don't yeah. I just care more about making it just makes
1: me sad <laughs> yeah,
0: right because you heart- I, yeah I'm like okay guys anyway enough of this conversation <laughs> let's just wrap it up now um i to to go back to mario's question to me about which was better i i will maintain i think i'll maintain the opinion that each are good as a standalone, but when, if you want to compare the two and be like, this is a true book adaptation, people are going to get cranky. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Those book nerds are going to get real cranky <laughs> about the changes that were made. <laughs> um mario thank you so much for joining us again you have to come back friends you need to check out our live shows we've done emmys coverage we will always do emmys coverage as long as the internet exists and mario can stand me we'll do oscars coverage as well should we do
1: golden globes did we do golden globes i want to i think we did a just to, like who we thought would win, but I don't think we did an after show. Okay. Well, or, or we might have did an after show after it and not. I was a year yeah. ago. I don't remember. I don't
0: remember. I remember. Friends, don't we're going to figure <laughs> this out because Mario and I are going to be your go-to for all your awards show content. <laughs> you don't need and, E. You don't need no. entertainment tonight. You need movies with Mr. Mario and pop culture makes me jealous.
1: <laughs> yes. I agree with that.
0: Yeah. Can you remind our friends where they can find you if they want to keep up with you online?
1: <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at movies with Mr. Mario. Uh, my Instagram uh, movie page where I do reviews on movies and TV shows I'm watching and keeping up with the daily Hollywood news.
0: Yeah, uh, well, It's very exciting that you were here again, friend. And we have some uh, fun collabs coming up that we are talking about whenever i remember to message mario thoughts (laughs) life's hard um friends thanks for tuning in until next time Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous is written, edited, and produced by me, Julia Washington, and I am fueled by the incredible support system of women who allow me to run ideas, cry, melt down whenever I feel overwhelmed. I also want to do a big shout out to our Patreon community. Thank you for your continued support. It brings me great joy to bring you quality content and monthly get togethers. Thanks for tuning in y'all until next time.